Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, oh, yes, the luxury of Lincoln. Kia, Hyundai, great vehicles with great deals. Fabulous sales staff and um, a great service department. It is all at Sunbury Motors and great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day, the Bucks win their first title in 50 years. Booker, who takes a three, no good. Tucker with the rebound. The Suns are not going to foul. It's been a 50-year journey. Wisconsin, we've got a room at the top of the world tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. Let the celebration begin. It's the Bucks Radio Network. What a sweet, sweet, well-deserved moment for them. Middleton was great throughout the playoffs. Giannis was really terrific when it came to the finals. I mean, he was good the entire time, but really terrific in the finals. Uh, I give him, um, as I mentioned, I've given him a lot of credit today. All of what I mean, he deserves all of it. He's really, you know, when they needed it, he was the man. All right, speaking of the man. Donnie Collins joins us from Scran. Donnie, how are you? Great to be here, Steve. Now, are you on vacation right now? We end up taking this one just because we we know it's ahead of it's ahead of Penn State Media Day usually, usually and that's kind of one of the reasons we got married on the date we did. <laughs> Couldn't do it the week later. <laughs> Donnie, ever the pro, ever the pro. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking. So, what what questions would uh, let's start with Kevin Warren? Kevin Warren's going to talk to the media. Uh, and he really has only done this, what, a couple times total since he's done this? What would be the number one question you would ask him? Oh, hey, that's, a, <laughs> that's a good question. Because there's a lot of questions to ask Kevin Warren. And, 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 I, and I think you know, he's, he's certainly not the chatterbox, the relative chatterbox Jim Delaney was. Right. But... Yeah, I, I mean, I'd thinking into this year. I, I think it's it's interesting to to know what the you know what the COVID plans are right now, or what are what are we doing still, or you know, it's, what if a, what if you have an outbreak on a team? We're seeing it in baseball now, where where teams, the Yankees have been hit. I think the Phillies to a, a lesser degree with, with some with some COVID issues. You know, is there is it going to be a forfeit? Is it, if you can't play a game, what, what, what's What's the deal here? We're going to have similar rules in place last year, to where you know, and, and you know, they had to change the rules to get Ohio State, I think, rightfully into the championship game. But I mean, it's certainly other teams would 
would, would, would argue with that. But I, but I think that's still the biggest issue in, in, in the league. Just, just heading into this season right now is what do you do if somebody goes down? Well, I, I'd like to know, you know, there's a couple of that. An addendum would, to that would be, to me, okay, then what are the rules? Are you still doing the 21-day thing, the 17-day thing, seven days? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. who, who knows what's going on? Because, I mean, I, I would assume that the same rules are in place. And because just because they haven't been addressed, and not just because you know Kevin Warren hasn't addressed, it doesn't mean they haven't been right. talked about or changed or anything like that. But you know, behind closed doors, uh, I would ask that question. Then, then actually, I'll tell you one other question that I would ask him. And have you begun your TV negotiations yet? Because it is twenty-one, and the uh, TV deals for the Big Ten expire at the end of the 22-23 season. But we're going into 21-22. So have they started TV negotiations? If not, when do they propose to start them and then go from there? You know, you, have to, you don't have to ask about the tales and what they're looking for and so forth because there's nothing in that area to reveal. But I'd like to know what the timetable is for TV negotiations in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, have you started it? Is there an exclusive negotiating window with partners? And then go from there. Uh, so that would be one other question I would ask him along the way. is like, when are you starting TV negotiations? Or, or if you have already started them. Uh, all right, so Donnie, now we get to James Franklin. What are the list of questions that are running through your mind right now that you're anxious to hear answers to or at least get a conversation started? I, I still, and, I, and I, I'm going to say this all the time until until I, until I the season starts. I, so the first question to me for, for Franklin is always going to be about Sean Clifford. Yep. How, how confident are you in him? What kind of strides has he made? How has Mike Yersich affected him, changed him, made him, made him a different quarterback? What what has he done to kind of take the next step and, and, and be the kind of guy who can who could win you some big games? And I I, I just I, I just think so much of this team is dependent on Sean Clifford. You know I, I get it. You know they have I, I don't have so many questions about the running back. I think whoever they play is going to be pretty good. I, I, I think their receivers. I, I think they're deep enough there, especially with you know especially with Dotson and Washington. And those two guys are are, are really top of you know, top of the your cream of the crop in the Big Ten. I, I like the tight ends. I like. I, I kind of think the offensive line could be pretty good. But you know, I, I just I, the big X factor com, combined with Yersich and, and see what you know what what they think that that those, that those two guys bring to the offense this year that that we haven't seen in years past. And I, I know the first question, the first answer is going to be tempo, tempo, tempo. Right. But is is that what this is, is that going to play into Clifford's strength? Right. Uh, and uh, what do you want to know about what he thinks about Trey um, uh, Roberson? You know, I, 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 I this is this is a tough one for me because I've never heard very much about Trey about Roberson. Take on Roberson. No, take, I, 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 I think I said Trey. I think it's it's. Yeah, it's take- yeah, I think I know a Trey Roberson from, from no, baseball. You, know, you see, that's what happens. Is there's a pitcher for the Spikes, Trey, same thing. Yeah, right? That's exactly, why I, was, I, yeah. I, I, I stole his name. Sorry about that. But yeah, yeah. yeah but, but yeah, for, you know, for, I would think that anything I would have known about Taekwon Roberson I'd have heard years ago. 
I just I just think it's all about Clifford. Now, if he wants to tell me Vey was good, I'll listen because I haven't, I haven't seen the guy. I, I, but and, and and I'm not saying you know, I'm not saying Roberson can't come in and and, and, and be a, a decent quarterback. But I, I I think if you know you had started to hear some things while Hackenberg was the quarterback, they were really excited about this McSorley kid. You know, right? And and, and we, we heard you know, to, to a degree a, a lot of that same stuff about Clifford. Hey, we really like the Clifford. You know, so I I, I would I, I think that I, I I'm pretty focused right now on seeing, you know, what is what is Clifford going to be? Maybe, maybe hear about what Bayou's going to do, but I, I think if Roberson has to play, he's going to really have to surprise people. Maybe even including some of the coaches uh, on, on how well he, he's going to play. But but I I, I really think it, it, this is this is Clifford or bust in, in, in 2021. Is there a unit on the defensive side of the ball that you think is a swing unit that makes the defense better, or, or if they don't perform well, suddenly it's a setback? So I, yeah, I think the linebackers. You know, I, 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 the defense, the defensive line is always to me the, the most important group on, on, on Penn State's defense. And I, I, I think they'll be good. I, I, I certainly think they'll be steady. I mean, Emma Katie's pretty good. I, I, I believe that, that that he'll have a, a nice season. I, I, I like Isaac, you know, all, all that. But and, and, and I really think the, the linebackers are going to have a good year, but they're going to have to prove that. You're, we're going to have to see a lot from what, what do they do with Jesse Lucetta? Yeah. How is he going to be right. used? You know, how is how is uh, Curtis Jacobs going to fit in? Is he really the, the kind of guy who, who they're going to be able to put in there and expect expect him to be able to cover the? the slot guy or a tight end or whatever in the passing game and contribute kind of the way that Brandon Smith did last year. And, and, and the biggest question is, is, is Brandon, could Brandon Smith get you something closer to, to the dynamic element they needed that Micah Parsons gave? But, but is that even a fair thing to ask? Because Micah Parsons is his own kind of animal. So, yeah, I, I, I think the linebackers are really going to be the key. If they, if they play dynamic, the defense is going to be outstanding, I, I would think. But, but I think they certainly have to play a lot better than they did last year for, for this team to, to have a winning season. Uh, it's interesting about Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith came here as a linebacker. Uh, and I, 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 they moved him in, you know, inside, but he's used to the traffic pattern there. Uh, which I find interesting. When I look at this defense, and Jack Ham and I talked about this earlier in the week, so I don't, I don't want to be unfair to you. <laughs> we, he's, he's more the expert here than I am. No, 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 no. This is no, no. no. I, but I want to no. I, I want to bring up this part of it. He and I both feel that when we look at this team, everybody's in the position they're supposed to be in, meaning. Uh, we think Brandon Smith's in the right spot. Jack is really big on Curtis Jacobs being out where he is. Uh, P.J. Mustafer flips over a tackle spot. Uh, you know, you look at an offense, you feel like everybody's in the spot they're supposed to be. Instead of somebody, uh, even a guy like Jesse Lucetta, for example, uh, we both feel that when we look at it, nobody's in the spot where they're doing it for the good of the team. They're in the spot they're supposed to be in. Does that make sense to you? Hundred percent. Yeah, and I think that's a that that speaks to the depth they have. First of all, I, I, I'm not sure. I, what, what, losing Parsons last year happened so early in the process, and it was it was such a big deal. But yeah. I don't think I think people by the time October, late October, rolled around as it was, kind of forgot how big a deal that was. I mean, everything had to change. I mean, you couldn't just throw Brandon Smith in there. 
and say, here, go do what Micah Parsons exactly. did. Exactly. It, 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 yeah. it, it, as good an athlete, as, as, as physical a, a player as Smith is, and as good a prospect, all that stuff, and I think he's, he's every bit a five-star prospect and, 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 and all that. But he's, he's not going to do what Micah Parsons did. There's not a, there's not, nobody in the Big Ten had a linebacker that did what Micah Parsons did. Or was going to do so. You, you had the, you had I think two linebackers certainly playing out of position because I, I like Luketta. I always like Luketta better, even as a as, as an outside guy, as, a, as more of a as more of a rover guy who's going to you know is going to do what but Curtis Jacobs is going to do this year, and 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 that's certainly that's certainly fair at, at, at linebacker to look at that and say now you've got Smith where he belongs, Jacobs where he belongs, and now you could use Luketta. As a, as a bit more of a versatile player, and, and, and I like that that order there, and, and certainly Ellis Brooks is a middle guy. But you you, you brought up the you know, Mustafer. I think that's that's huge because they really had two of the same player last year with Mustafer and Shelton, right? And then playing two different positions, and and and, and, and PJ was was the out of position guy. Yeah. So I, I think this year he's gonna he's gonna play his spot. I think Beeman fits a lot better. Yes. With what these guys want to do at defensive tackle, and and, and I, I, that's what that's a big reason why I think the defensive line is going to be so good this year. I, 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 I'm I'm bullish on the defensive line. I, I think they're going to be outstanding. They might not have the depth, but that that could develop over time. And 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 obviously the secondary is is what the secondary is. They're they're good. I think I think those guys are are all in position. I think they mostly were last year. But yeah, I I, I certainly don't see a guy who I'm thinking. You know, he really doesn't belong at that spot, and they're going to really count on him to, to you know, to, to, to give a lot down after down after down on, on, on defense. I, I think this year, I think you and Jack are right. This this defense is better set up for success than last year's was. I think that's, I think it's the same thing about offense. I think everybody's in the position it's supposed to be. If you're a tackle, you're a tackle. If you're a guard, you're a guard. If you're a tight end, you're a tight end. I, mean, I don't think there's anybody playing out of a spot they're not supposed to be in. What do you think about the competition to be now look, you're gonna play as many as seven wide receivers, but you at least you know, you're gonna open the game with three. How do you look at the guy opposite Dotson? How do you look at the the, the guy that's gonna be opposite uh even Parker Washington? Who can that be? Well, I I, I know they yeah, the hope would be it's 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 Lambert Smith. Right. But you know they they have to they they're gonna have to find some even if it is they're gonna have to find somebody else and, and you know and this is you know it's every year I, I I think I said this every year but it would really be helpful if, if Cam Sullivan Brown is healthy yeah you know if, if someone like that could could play a a, a, a bigger role Daniel George is a guy I mean, I've, yeah. I've always kind of liked Daniel George I I I I don't think he's the fastest guy he's not the He's not the most athletic. He's, gonna, he's not going to make you miss in space, but he can catch the ball, give you give you five six yards. They need someone to be Isaac Watts, you know, somebody somebody yeah. who can who, who could take some, some some third down passes when the defense focuses a little bit on on Dotson, when they focus a little a little more on on Parker Washington. You, you want you want to force the defense to 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 not take one of those guys out in a certain play if they can. So, so yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's got to be somebody who's going who's gonna to come in there and, 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 and just be a, a, a good factor on third down. Because, because really, I mean, when we talk about the wideouts, it, it, it's, fun to, it's fun to do. It, it's fun to look at, hey, here's who they have depth-wise. Here, here's, here's this guy. This guy can step up and be the third or fourth guy. But really, the third or fourth guy, I think, is going to wind up being, you know, Brenton Strange or Theo Johnson. Oh yeah, no, with the tight ends, and then you add in Tyler Warren as well. Uh, in that you know they've got three tight ends that can play. 
and I'll, uh, and when I talk about wide out, I'm, I'm always thinking about maybe seven guys because you you'll rotate guys through. I mean, obviously Dotson and Washington will be primary guys, but a guy I want to see in camp to see if he continues to make progress is Malik Mega. Hasn't played in a game yet, but he'd be a guy I would take a you know. I'm interested to see how he handles camp and whether he puts himself in a position to play. Yeah, he, he's a guy. You know, I I hesitate to bring him up because he has to play. Right. You don't want to say, oh, put put that kind of pressure on the kid or, or, or bring that kind of expectation. But he's a guy who checks every box. Now, maybe maybe the great experience box he doesn't check, but but he's he's been in the system for a year. At some point, that goes away. <laughs> you know, you you yeah. you've played against some of the best college football players in the country. Certainly, an outstanding secondary in practice. So I, I think he's a guy who could definitely step up and, and, and be a and be a factor this year, and, and, and he should. I mean, he's he's got the size, he's, he's got speed. I, from what I've heard, he catches the ball pretty well. So you know, if if he's going to run good routes, then he could be the the fourth guy and and, and join in. And Lambert Smith, if he's better than he was last year, that's a big bonus. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And, and you know, look, he's he checks that box of you look at him and say. Lambert Smith's got, I mean, Keandre's got really great potential. Okay, now you want to see it realized. That's what you want to see realized. Hey, well, continue to enjoy your vacation. It sounds like you're having a blast. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're taking the kitchen apart today. Serious <laughs> <laughs> a day trip. <laughs> did, a, did, a, did a nice trip to Ikea yesterday. So oh, there you go. Perfect. That's what vacations. I guess I have to call the tree surgeon guy, I think. If you advertise early on, because they need to have one of those taken down before we've had so many storms. But, yeah, so that's that's my vacation. This, Perfect. This time around. Donnie, it's always it's always a pleasure. Can't wait to see you. All right, Steve. Thank, thanks so much. And yes, he is on yes, the Android. Yes, yes, yes. Donnie Collins joining us on the show today. Um, essentially disputing everything Matt said earlier. It's just, it just has it just has not been a yeah. You know, you refer you refuse to refer to him as Sir Suit. I I, I just I don't know. I, I I'm I'm concerned. Get the lingerie on the deck, call the janitor. His Highness. I was told it was his suitness, but I don't know. That's okay because Roger draws the line. All right, back with more. <laughs> I'm not going to call him that. <laughs> I own the place. What are you <laughs> Stop it. Back oh, with more my almighty. <laughs> His suitness. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us. Houston Chronicle is uh, reporting today that the that Texas and Oklahoma each have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. How about that? Uh, Brett uh, Swarneman is the one that wrote it, and. That is, they asked Greg Sankey about it. He had no comment. In other words, didn't reject it. A couple things we'll talk about that in a moment. And why it could happen. It obviously would be a huge move and take the power of the SEC, which is already powerful to begin with, and could hammer lock it for a long time. But I'm going to explain how and why it could be done. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Great time to buy, too. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. All right, so how can Oklahoma and Texas move? Well, it wouldn't happen right away. And the biggest issue is the grant of rights issue. Remember I brought this up yesterday when talking about the ACC. Well, it extends across the board unless you are an SEC school. The SEC is the only major conference that does not have grant of rights where you sign over your media rights to a certain date. Now, in this case... We mentioned yesterday with the ACC, that was through 2036, which is how long their contract goes. I brought up the Big 12 yesterday because they were the first ones to do it. The Big 12 was getting raided left and right. They lose Nebraska to the Big 10. They lose Missouri and Texas A&M to the SEC. They lose Colorado to the Pac-12. Okay, So, so they put in, in order to stop this, something called a grant of rights. So the Big 12 was the first one to do this. 
Well, the Big 12's contract runs through 2025, and the grant of rights for the schools runs through 2025. So nothing could happen until 2025. Can Texas do it? Yeah, they Texas do anything he wants. Texas, in fact, gets 40% of the media money in the Big 12. They won't get that in the SEC, but they'll probably get more money when it's all said and done. Dennis Dodd says there's a Virginia, Virginia Tech scenario when it comes to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, that Oklahoma can't move unless Oklahoma State's with them. And you're saying, what do you mean Virginia, Virginia Tech? When the ACC expanded to finally get Virginia Tech into the conference, Virginia did not want them in the conference. And they were told by the state legislature, excuse me, you will vote yes. Or you will not be getting money from the state. Oh. How about that? Do you learn a lot on this show, don't you, Matt? You... Always. Yeah, you learn a lot. But that's that's what they did. So Oklahoma has tried to do this before with the Pac-12. Talk to them a little bit. Now, look, Oklahoma has never been really happy in the Big 12 really hasn't. Um, They've always been on the lookout for something. And they never really have found it. And that is... That's an issue. So, the SEC, look, there are only two conferences they should really consider going to. The SEC or the Big Ten. Because those are the only ones that are going to bring with it, especially in the case of Texas, the mega money beyond what they already have. And that's, and of course, the SEC is one of them, the SEC Big Ten. So they could do it. The bottom line is they can't do it until their grant of rights expires with the Big 12. Now they can they can put together an agreement that we're going to start. Okay, you know, we're in the process of transitioning over. They could do that. The problem is whether Oklahoma would be allowed to break away from Oklahoma State. I know it's very difficult to believe that politicians would get involved, <laughs> uh, but. Is it possible? In the Texas case, yes. It also would put them back with Texas A&M. Can Oklahoma do it? Doesn't mean Oklahoma can't legally fight it. And not only that, if they were to come up and say it were to happen in a short period of time with a target date that's a few years away, they could they could do a court battle. I cannot getting Oklahoma State in to take it to 17 schools. That's a big issue. That's a, you know, that is a big, potentially big issue. Because I'm, I'm not going to sit there and talk about the politics of the state of Oklahoma. 
I don't talk about the politics in our state. For the Big Ten on expansion, look, I'm not personally, unless it's Notre Dame, which it won't be, I wouldn't go for anybody else. I mean, the Big 12 would be in deep, deep trouble. I mean, sure, are there potential replacements in the Big 12? Of course there are. You know, replacements could include Houston, Memphis, Central Florida, whatever it may be. Okay? I mean, they do have that, but it doesn't... It doesn't do anything. Could I see, for example, um, see, the, the big issue in all this is the grant of rights. That's the biggest issue. You can talk about the Oklahoma legislature all you want. Um, but it's the grant of rights. You can't do anything until that happens. So for anybody sitting here saying, North Carolina and Georgia Tech are going to the Big Ten, they got a grant of rights deal with the ACC. I mean, you gotta you got to understand all these things. You don't understand it. You can't sit there and comment on it. I, mean, I hear stuff, well, I'll, I'll hear it. I'll sit back and go, that's not true. That's not true. Don't mislead the audience. Not true. The grant of rights thing is a big deal. You've signed it over. The odd thing is you could poach an SEC team and it's no issue. But nobody wants to leave the SEC. So Texas and Oklahoma would have to wait and then we'll see what, what would happen with Oklahoma State. And then Oklahoma would have to go through. Now, when I talk about they could get Houston, they could get Memphis, obviously their, their profiles of conference are going to go way down. And you, you'd have Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor. Okay. Um you know, they had in Memphis, Houston, I don't know if you want to add in Central Florida, whatever it may be. But you're not going to have the same cachet without Oklahoma and Texas. You're just not. So the Big 12 would survive, but, I mean, for football, is that, a, is that an entity you want to have under contract? For basketball, yes. I mean, Baylor's the defending national champion. Kansas is always really good, you know. But, you know, Oklahoma State obviously is good. Oklahoma State's going to have the first overall pick in the NBA draft next week. Cade Cunningham is going to go to Detroit. But it would be something that, while it wouldn't kill the Big 12, (laughs) it would put them in a spot that would be very difficult to overcome. Very difficult. And what's interesting is Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, didn't deny it. Had no comment. They'd get more. I know Texas has the Longhorn Network. I understand that. And I know they they have a weighted 
deal with the Big 12. I think they get like 40%. But they probably would still get more money by going to the SEC. Oklahoma definitely would. Now with a 12-team playoff, you do take off the table the possibility that you're the conference champion, but you, you know, but you also bring with it the possibility that you're one of the at-large teams. But the grant of rights is you know, in the Big 12 runs through 2025, which is when the overall TV network contra- contract runs out. And remember, ESPN's new contract with the SEC starts in 2024. That's where they really got some big money. Big-time cash. Well, this is quite a story, though. It's kind of popped up out of nowhere. What's real interesting to me, Steve, you just mentioned it about how this is going to affect the college football playoff. I just wonder if they're trying to start the process as soon as, let's say, 2022, would they just wait until this were to be approved and then wait until 2025 because this is going to yes. be a seismic shift? Yes. When talking about the at large, giving at large bids and things like that. What? You talk about that? That's starting in 2023. The 12 team playoff? If they approve it, that's starting in 23. Right, but what I'm saying is, could they hold off to start it until 2025 if no. this is agreed? No. Okay. No. Absolutely not. You want to know why? Okay. Let's let's. Here's the big reason why. Look at the landscape. What's the landscape? Every single school in the Power Five lost eight figures last year. Ah, true. Yes. They are not waiting. They are not waiting. College sports cannot do what pro sports. A good example is happening tonight. The Seattle Kraken are having their expansion draft. The Seattle Kraken paid the NHL $650 million as an entry fee, which was then spread across the league. I mean, each franchise in the NHL, Vegas didn't, got $20 million. Right? Okay. Pretty good, right? It's a pretty good deal. Well, college sports can't do that. What do you expand to? Great news, we're going to let UConn in? What? (laughs) That's not going to happen. Not happening at all. Uh... So you can only expand by getting more money from the college football playoff. And by going from 4 to 12, you now have the possibility of expanding that to them being a 10-figure deal of over a billion a year. Now, understanding the money part of it, I just wonder if it's going to how choppy it might be if, depending on if you take away a at-large bid from the Big Twelve, if they lose Texas and/or Oklahoma. Well, for one thing, it's the top under this proposal. 
It's the top six highest rated champions. Last year, the Pac-12 would not have made it, Matt. In fact, they probably wouldn't have made the playoff. Because last year, the the four highest rated conference champions were uh, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati. So who's to say the Big 12 isn't beaten out by Colorado State as the Mountain West champion or Boise State? Yeah. So now the Big 12 has nobody in if they don't have somebody that's rated in the top 12 that could qualify as an at-large. Now, you know, for example, Iowa State would have a shot. They're probably the best positioned of anybody in the conference. Iowa State and Oklahoma State are probably the best positioned at the moment. But that doesn't mean that their conference champion would be one of the six highest rated. And maybe in the position like Oregon, where last year not only is the conference champion they didn't make it, they may not have made an at-large bid either. I mean, for Bob Bowlesby, who's the commissioner of the Big 12, this has got to be a scary proposition. It's something you... I'm sure it's something they hadn't thought about that they'd have to worry about for four more years. And guess what? It's... It's... um, It could be a moment of reckoning. Now, they wouldn't lose them right away... But that is a potential seismic shift. Now, what does that mean? It it also means that if you're the Pac-12, do you now go in and say, hey, uh, guys, we're going to uh, let's get Oklahoma State, let's get Iowa State, let's get Kansas. Well, Kansas football would be a, a drag on the league, but basketball wouldn't. But all these moves are made for football reasons. None of these moves are made for basketball reasons. None of them. Every single move that is made in conference expansion has always been about football. I mean, that's as simple as that. But this would make the SEC a 16-team mega-conference. There's only ever been one major conference I can think of that was 16 teams. It was the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference. And it was it was too burdensome. Now, the Big East had, you know, some football, some basketball. It's like it was what they ended up being, what, 17 schools or something like that. But, you know, half of them didn't play football. But the WAC did, and the, they finally had to split it. That's how the Mountain West was formed. It's very difficult to manage in college sports something of that size and scope. I personally was very happy with the Big Ten staying at 12. And in my opinion, if they got Notre Dame back in 1999, they never would have asked anybody else. Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers would not have been asked if they got Notre Dame in 12. 
1999. All right. Take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And he wants to see the Big 12 destruct. Well, that's what put him in that direction. You love destruction. <laughs> that's why you enjoy watching Yankees baseball. Uh, that's oh, probably, come on. Well, that's a little they, different. Oh, they destruct right before our eyes. It's really a lot of fun. <laughs> That's because that's my team. This is this is the, I can care less about these two teams. Oh, you like the Big Twelve? They're there. That's it. They're done. They're finished. Well, I definitely think so, and I, and I think it's definitely heading in the route of two super conferences. This is going to be the beginning of that, assuming this all goes through. Yeah, but I mean, who would the Big Ten go after? Who? I mean, do you want Iowa State? I mean, really, they, they don't do anything for you. I, I mean, can't, I, can't, I mean, who? Who's out there? Kansas, Kansas football. I mean, Kansas hasn't even practiced taking a knee in practice for for years. I'd say West Virginia would probably be the biggest oh, one there. Oh, that does nothing. It doesn't do anything. It's got to be something that does something. Again, anytime you expand, there are more pieces of the pie that need to be cut up. So when you expand, it has to be an entity that makes the pie much larger so that when you cut the extra pieces of pie, everybody's getting more. West Virginia doesn't do that. This don't. You see what I'm saying? I mean, we're all aching to get the Charleston market in there? What? (laughs) Fair. I'm just saying. I mean, to me, a good one would have been Missouri. Missouri. 